All right, back in Mark chapter 1, good song, praise God. I like the old ones, don't you? Amen. That's King James Version song. Amen. Praise God, y'all can have that contemporary junk. Here I am. Amen. Mark chapter 1, last week I yielded most of my time to Brother Lulabalo, Delilo, or whatever his name is, amen. And uh, he did a good job, And but I want to finish this message because this is probably one of the most important subjects that I'll preach on, and that's becoming a servant of God. I believe with all my heart that God saved you for you to serve Him and uh, for His glory. And I believe that God called you, no matter what uh, educational status you might be in or what kind of background or what kind of career you might have, God calls ordinary people to be His fishermen. And I thank God for uh, this portion of scripture that I preached on. I was going to do that this morning, but I just felt like I needed to preach against demons, and um, I believe God used it. But verse 16 through 20 uh, is key verses for the book of Mark, because Mark's subject is the servant, the servant, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 45, before you stand in honor of the scripture, and just look at Mark 10, 45 as our theme verse for the whole book. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Notice the word give and minister. I thank God that that's why we're left on this earth, and that's to minister and to give. Matter of fact, I think it would be a great idea for us next Sunday morning to take up an offering for that van. Amen? So you come prepared. And I guarantee you, every one of those missionaries are probably giving no less than $500. So if we can have 16 churches give $500, we'll make it. And we'll help Kevin. And I'm telling you, Kevin is not one to just do things flippantly. This must be a real need. And if I had 14 kids walking with me or taking a taxi, I'd be praying for a van too, amen? So maybe you can just give a little extra next Sunday morning, and we can uh, help with that uh, van purchase. So. Somebody remind me next Sunday morning, I'm going to give you a week to pray about it and save up and eat bologna instead of steak or whatever you need to do and help this missionary family. Amen. I admire them for uh, adopting all those kids and taking in their own kids. Matter of fact, Chase is going to be graduating in January. Uh, that's, the, that's the youngest of the two that Mark and Amy took in, Kevin's cousins. Their mother OD'd. Can you imagine what would have happened to those two young men if Mark and Amy hadn't took them in? And I'm not patting my daughter on the back because she probably had no choice because Mark told her to do it. But I am saying that she's submissive and that she did it and she loved those boys and now they're going to graduate and leave her and come back to the States to train to be missionaries. So I want to tell you something. Who knows what God will do through the bond children? Amen? So let's don't let them walk in South Africa. Let's help them. I appreciate that need, and I believe we ought to start kick off the missions revival with that. Amen, and we'll just start it early. Uh, Tuesday week, we'll have our men's breakfast. I, will, I had John lined up, but since Lula Balo's last day, we'll have uh, Brother Lula Balo, Lula Balo, Bala, uh, whoever. Amen. Uh, we'll have him uh, give uh, the word of testimony the, or preach for a little while, and um, we'll let John give his testimony next Sunday night okay so uh, we appreciate John and he's going to have to give up the bus ministry and I think he has a word to say to you after 
38 years, he deserves a word or two. Amen. I'll let you preach the whole message next Sunday night if you want to. Amen. The whole thing. I mean, 45 minutes, just let her rip, brother. Your wife can sing. It'll be all right. Praise God. Just let, her, <laughs> let it go. Amen. We're talking about being available, brother. Amen. But anyway, but anyway, the Bible says that Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. The whole book of Mark is about ministry. And it's about being a servant. So let's turn back to Mark chapter 1. And I think I'm going to jump over to Luke chapter 5 later on in the message. But I'm just going to uh, be brief tonight. And you pray God will help me uh, get through this message. And not just through it, but God would work through it. Let's stay in all the Word of God. Verse 16, chapter 1 of Mark. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon... And Andrew, that's Peter, by the way, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net unto the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little further, hence he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother also, who, uh, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Aren't you glad you have a Lord to serve? Aren't you glad you got a purpose that's more important than the Supreme Court or being President of the United States? We're serving the King of Kings and the Supreme Judge of all the world. And that is a privilege, in my opinion, and I believe we ought to take advantage of it and serve the Lord with gladness. You may be seated. Father, thank you for the good song, good singing. Thank you for the choir this morning. What a blessing they were. And Lord, thank you, dear God, that we can meet in this place and things be done decently in order. We make it a special time uh, of worship each time we meet. And God, I praise you and thank you uh, for using... Lulabala last week and how you uh, spoke to our hearts about the fruit of the missionaries and God we saw it firsthand and experienced it and we thank you God that we had a small part in it so Lord thank you for brother Kevin bless him as the missionary of the week and help us God to take good care of him and and put, pray a hedge around him as he serves you over in South Africa Lord I know the devil tried to knock him out of that place and even have him not return last furlough. But God, thank you for sending him back. And thank you for the encouragement he's received since he's been back. And Lord, thank you for his burden for the Bond family. So Lord, please, make us servants for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, one of my favorite verses and a verse that uh, tore my life up and knocked me off the back row of playing games in church, no offense for you that on the back row, was uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to tell you what the good and perfect and acceptable will of God is, to present your body as a living, dead thing. Die to your wants, die to your comforts, die to your priorities, and be a servant of the living God. And folks, the book of Mark is an action-packed uh, picture of Jesus as the servant of all serv servants. 
And I'm thrilled that he comes and says, I choose not to do it by myself. And I choose not to sing the gospel through the birds and, uh, and uh, paint it in the leaves, but I'm choosing some ordinary men called fishers to become more than just a fisher of fish, but a fisher of men. And I don't believe that the Lord ever gave a description to someone or called them something without significance. And I believe when he said, I'll make you fishers, or you'll become fishers of men, I believe that he was saying, <clears throat> there's a higher calling than just work. There's a higher calling than just making a living. There's a higher calling than just fishing for fish. We need to fish for men. And uh, I saw last week in verse 16 and 17 the people that he called, just ordinary people, amen? The Bible says he chose the foolish to confound the wise, the weak to confound the strong. I think we insult God when we say, I cannot be God's servant. I believe we insult God when we say we cannot witness. Now, don't say you can't, say you won't, amen? Because it's a choice that we make <clears throat> to become fishers of men. Uh, we insult God when we say we cannot be used of God. Then the purpose that he ordained was that we would go out and become his servants. The Bible says that we ought to be like Jesus. That ought to be our top goal. That ought to be our number one goal in life is to be like Jesus. And Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. Now what's that do with the average local church? I mean, most people <clears throat> come into church for a blessing. And that's good. But I want to tell you something, we come in this church to bless his name and get prepared to serve God. And I believe you ought to be in a kind of church that you proudly and gladly will feel free to invite people to the church. I mean, if you're ashamed of the way they dress or you're the same the way they worship, you need to find another church. Amen? And I want to say this, friend, in all kindness, folks, we're not here to entertain. We're not here to get comfortable. We're here to be conformed to his image. And we're here to be his servants no matter what it takes. And I want to tell you something, preaching is hard work. Preaching will uh, <clears throat> uh, wear you slap out. Uh, I was thinking about yesterday, all the energy I spent just getting to a game and from a game. And I thought to myself, if I ever get out of here, I'm going back to the lazy boy chair and get my iced tea and full-colored TV and I'll, I'll be the fan in the comfort of my home. And I want to tell you something, friend, we ought to be fanatics, but I saw people, 92,000 of them, uh, do some things I ain't never seen them do, like high-five me and, and, and start talking to me like I'm their best friend. I said, Lord, God, I don't even know these people, amen? And it was the friendliest congregation I've ever been at. But they were worshiping one thing, winning in the Georgia Bulldogs, amen? And I want to tell you something, friend. Planes flew over. Jet planes flew over. Herschel Walker got on a big screen. I thought, my word, my word, <clears throat> what is all this about? And the folks, thousands of dollars. And then what really stirred my heart at halftime they had all these couples line up uh, all the way down from 10-yard from, uh, line to 10-yard line and said, we want to honor these couples. All these couples have given over $100,000 to the Bulldog program. I about fell off the front row. I said, wait a minute. Praise God, $100,000 each. And I started counting. There was about 15, 20 of them, maybe 30 or 40 of them. <clears throat> and I said, good night. Somebody had to pay for those jet planes, I guess. Amen. Somebody had to hire a Herschel to show up. And I thought, man, we can be dedicated to something called a game. We surely should be more dedicated to something called serving the living God. Amen? And I, I just got stirred up about that. And I thank God for my son, 
uh, working, at UP, uh, working for UPS. They ship over $2 million a year. Uh, it's heavy marvel. And they give him all kinds of free stuff. And I enjoyed the free stuff. I didn't pay a thing. Well, I did pay $20 parking. But anyway, I, I didn't pay much, amen. And uh, thank God, thank God for, uh, uh, you know, prime rib. And thank God for all the, uh, the, the, the facade and all the stuff. But folks, what's more important? And that's worshiping the living God and serving Him. Because, folks, it really matters where people are going. They're either going to heaven or hell. It really matters if you're in the will of God, amen. It really matters for eternity and folks, I'm telling you, for eternity, you need to serve the living God. That's what this whole book's about. That's why we're going through the book of Mark. We need more service. We need people to gladly come forth and say, I'll drive a bus. I'll take a bus route. I'll teach a class. I'll do whatever uh, I can do for the glory of God. I'll sing a song. I will come to practice. Amen. I will look like a Christian when I get up here. Praise God. We'll, we need to be separated unto the Lord. Amen. Look at, uh, first of all, what I want to give you is the precept for the helpers. Look at verse 17. It says, And Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. Now, folks, first of all, I want you to see that serving God takes submission. Come ye after me. Most people don't want to come after nobody except themselves. Amen? Or they want to come after what's fun. Or they want to come after what makes them popular, makes them rich, or makes them feel good. Folks, these disciples were really surrendering to be martyrs. They were really surrendering their job, their, their money, their things, their home, their daddy, their mama. And they were going out from the comfort zone and serving the living God. And I want to tell you something, in heaven they'll be glad they did. And in heaven you'll be glad you did when you serve the living God because it's the only thing that's going to last. Amen. So you can, just, you can just take it like this, friend. You can be a fanatic for the world or you can be a fanatic for God. And the root word of fanatic is fan, and that means ardent follower. And to follow God <clears throat> is to fish for men. Let me say number two. It's not only submission, but it's separation. It says to follow, it says come after me. To follow Christ means you don't follow the world. To follow Christ, it means you turn from the world. I want to tell you something, God's not so hard-pressed to use worldly Christians. I'm telling you, we ought to be different. Listen, you can't take somebody where you're, where you're not. Amen? Some people jump in the well and say, oh, hey, I want to win you. I want to save your life. And you're both drowned. That don't make a bit of sense. Throw the rope. Throw, throw the lifeline. Stay on the higher ground, not the uh, snooty ground, not the uh, holier-than-thou ground. I'm just saying, friend, you're on the solid ground of being saved, sanctified, thrilled, filled, and satisfied. And so not, not only does serving God take submission, serving God takes separation. We need to dedicate ourselves to the Lord. We need to dedicate our bodies to the Lord. We need to present ourselves to the Lord holy and acceptable unto God, which is his, your reasonable service. I'm telling you, people go through hell and high water to get a position called the Supreme Court. And I think it's totally ridiculous and absurd. You put the, listen, you put the Congress up for 40 years of inspection, and we won't have anybody standing up there. Say amen. Now, this is a very dangerous precedent. Because I'm going to tell you something. Leadership, all they got to do is be accused, according to this group. Accusations, guilty. No, I'm going to tell you something. You're innocent until proven guilty. Amen. 
And I don't want to get political, but I sure want to preach against evil in politics. And folks, politics is not the answer. But I want to tell you something. This guy's going through all kinds of stress to be the Supreme Court. And I thank God he is. I think he's a good man. But I'll say this. He's a conservative anyway. There's more important things than the Supreme Court of the United States of America. It's called a servant of the living God. Folks, I tell you what, I wouldn't change places with President Trump for all the money in the world. Not because I wouldn't want to be president, but I've got a higher calling. I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. That's a high, I'd be stepping down. I, I know a friend up in Fort Oglethorpe that just stepped down. No, he's doing both. He's a city councilman and he's, and he's, a, he's a pastor. Guess what? The city council knocked him out of pastor, and now he's not pastor. Folks, he stepped down. He stepped down. Folks, it's a great privilege to serve the eternal living God. And then, folks, listen to this. I think that we need to realize that it takes submission, coming to you after me. Uh, and when you follow him, you do not follow the lesser lords. And third of all, you need a Savior. Come after me. I'm telling you this, friend. The Lord deserves your loyalty. I said the Lord deserves your loyalty. He deserves being your priority in life. You're not doing God a favor by being here tonight. You're doing me a favor because I would be totally depressed if you weren't here. Because I wouldn't have nobody to preach to. Amen. I love to preach. I love to minister. But I want to tell you this, friend. You're not doing God a favor. He's doing you a favor to give you the chance to worship him. If you had to walk to get here, you ought to walk. You ought to crawl. You ought to come half sick. Amen. You ought to come, uh, don't come with a fever. Stay home and we'll, we'll broadcast it to you. But I want to say this, friend. You're coming for him. You're serving him. You read your Bible for him. Folks, it's all about the Savior. So there's submission, separation, and there's a Savior in being his servant. And then there's a promise. In verse 17, it says, I will make you become fishers of men. The promise is this, fishers of men. Now, folks, that's a portrayal. That's a portrait. Say amen. Hey, when the Lord uses words, he don't just use words. He uses significant words. You know what he's saying? You're going to have to be a, a, like a fisher to be a fisher of men. And how many of you know what it takes to be a fisherman? I don't because I never have been. But my father-in-law knew how to be a fisherman. And I want to tell you something. First of all, you've got to go where the fish are. Say amen. I've never seen a fisherman sit around and read a book and wait for a fish or a bass or a brim even to, to swim up in the sink and skin him and put him in the skillet. No, you've got to go there. You, and I want to tell you something. The first time I went with Pappy, I was amazed that he said, we're going fishing in the morning. I said, good, I'm for it. Praise God, let's go. Amen. What time do you want me to meet there? He said, 4 a.m. I said, what? He said, 4 a.m. We went to the Waffle House before it was open. Y'all get that later, amen. Seriously, we were there when the cooks were sleeping on their morning break. He was all chipper and said, give me five cups of coffee, and we had a waffle, and I was, I, I, was, I said, man, I'm half asleep. I don't know what's going to happen here, but you got to go where the fish are. And usually the fish are on top when it's cool. So you got to go early in the morning say amen. You fishermen, you know what I'm talking about. You don't wait till noon to fish. you got to get there early. And then I want to tell you this. You need to go with faith. 
that you're going to catch something. I never, I never have that, had that, pro, uh, that, that prospect that I was going to catch a lot. But my, my father-in-law, he just knew the next cast, just the next cast was going to be one that bent and almost broke his rod, and he was going to pull in the champion fish, 10-and-a-half-pound big mouth bass or Baptist bass. And, I mean, he was going to pull it in, amen. He just had that vision. He had that faith. Folks, I want to tell you something. To catch uh, men, you got to have faith. you got to go where they're at. you got to follow the Lord. you got to look for the, for the places. you got to go out and launch out into the deep, as Luke chapter 5 said. And you got to trust Him. And folks, so the betrayal is fishers of men. Let me tell you another thing about fishing. And my father-in-law was very good at this, but I never understood it. He knew exactly the lure to use. Six prong, two prong, three hook, treble hook under a thing that looked like a frog called a tiny hidden, I thought it was hidden, but it's not a hidden torpedo. It was a frog disguised. It was a piece of wood with six hooks on it, praise God. And he knew how to flip that thing and pop that thing and, I mean, go right to the edge of a lily pad or whatever and pop that thing and you'd think it's a real frog. And the dumb fish thought it was a real frog too, amen. And they'd put their mouth around whoom, and then they'd get up in the air and just sort of soar in the air and he'd start squealing and yelling and having a, whoo, look at this, Wayne. I said, good, night, I ain't caught nothing. <clears throat> Have fun, Pappy. Praise God. Let me get the net, Pappy. And I want to tell you something, friend. He had confidence in his bait. And I want to tell you what we have. We have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, listen. We ain't JWs. We're not Mormons. We're not going out trying to uh, bring the gospel of Joseph Smith or, or John Russell or, or any Helen White. We have the gospel. We're telling people about the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to tell you something, friend. We need to set the hook of the death, burial, and resurrection. We need to take the Word of God, not just give our testimonies, but do all that to get to the point saying if you die today, you know you go to heaven, and here's how you can go to heaven if you care, and plant the gospel. Plant it. I mean, set the hook, praise God. And I want to tell you something. God the Holy Spirit draws. God the Holy Spirit converts. Our responsibility is to go where they're at, praise God, and believe in our hearts that God's going to use the gospel and plant the gospel. But so many people won't do it. They've got too many things going on. And I want to tell you something, friend. We need to realize fishers of men means fishers of men. It means we go where they're at. And we expect God to use us. And we expect to catch something for His glory. And we thank God we got the gospel. The bait, the hook. I often thought, well, and he didn't believe in this. I believe that we ought to use real worms, real minnows. And I mean, if you have to, chop up a fish and put it on the end of the hook because it's going to smell like a fish. It's going to, you know, it's going to be ooey gooey and the worms. And I remember when I first started fishing, I had to get somebody to bait my hook. I was such a sissy, city guy. Would you bait my hook, uh, Pappy? That's what, that was when I was five years old. No, I didn't even know when I was five. But anyway. But I'm going to tell you this right now. We have the real thing. It's not a lure. It's not just a, a deception. It's not just a message like Mormons have and the Jehovah Witness have. We have the truth. And the truth will set them free. And we need to believe in the power of the gospel. But evidently we don't when we don't fish. We just keep it in the can. 
We just keep it in the house. We just keep it in the lesson. We just keep it in the church. And folks, we need to get the seed out of the barn, say amen. And we need to get the bait out in the lake. Get it? Bait in the lake? Praise God, that'll rhyme. But I want to tell you something. We need, to, we need to get this picture. He will make you fishers of men. One last thing about a fisherman. This is where I really failed. You got to keep on fishing. And you can't be discouraged about failure. Because the next cast could be it. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus went all the way to Calvary. And his own disciples forsook him. It did not stop him loving you. And praise the Lord, friend. I'm going to tell you something. We need submission. We need separation. We need the Savior. But we need steadfastness. There's, hey, how many of y'all have ever fished in your life? Raise your hand. I mean, fished in your whole life. Amen. I can tell some of y'all raising your hand real confident. Some of you saying, well, I tried. But I want to tell you something. It takes patience. I think it's the most uh, nerve-wracking sport in the world. Because you've got to stay out there. You, you're in the sun. You're, you're, you're thirsty. Uh, I'm ready to go to lunch after about one, about ten minutes. I, I said, it's time for a break. Yeah, here you go. Throw some sardines at me. I wouldn't eat that if I was dying. Hey, I got a can of tuna. Oh, that's even better. Amen. Here's some sardines. Here, here's some vaina sausage. Amen. Hallelujah. That's real fishing, praise God. Here's some soda crackers, Wayne. Go ahead and fish. We're, st- we're here to stay. We're here to camp out. We're here to fish to a drop, he'd say. And I'd say, oh, my word. Can I not find a urgent need before the next time he calls me to fish? Amen. But I'll tell you something. Sure enough, after a few hours, old Pappy would start yelling again. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be reeling that thing in, and it'd be a big one, amen. And he was so excited that it got me excited. And folks, I want to tell you something. He kept at it because he knew the fish was coming. And folks, we need to stay at it. We need to have perseverance, and God help us to realize if we can do all that for a flimsy little fish or a meal, we can become fishermen. I like this too. There's the power, not only the portrayal in the promise, that's being a fisherman, but there's the power in the promise. Look at that verse. It says, I will make, I will make. Folks, I want to tell you something. Only God can convert the soul. Only God can convict. Say amen. And you know, it ought to take the stress out of your serving. You're just a plant. You're to sow. You're to go get them. Why do we want to run these buses, Brother John? We want to just get people on the sound of the gospel. We want to see them in the master club. We want to see them in Sunday school. We want to see them in church. We want to see them under the sound of the gospel. It's urgent need. It's the only truth that's going to help them. And folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus said, I'll make them. In Luke chapter 5, I love this story where they were fishing and they caught nothing. He said, we told all night. But you know what Jesus said in verse 4? Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. He said, and let down your nets for a drought. Jesus was saying, hey, you're about to catch, it wasn't no zip code 33's back there, it was a big old net. You're about to catch a great drought, a, 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 a bunch of them. The way we'd say it down south. Welcome to our folks from Michigan, amen. 
Welcome to Grits Country. Amen. But anyway, um, moved from Michigan. That's great. But I want to tell you this, friend. The Bible says in verse 5, And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, look at verse 5 of Luke 5, We have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down thy net. Folks, here's the key to becoming a great fisherman for men. At thy word. You need to go with obedience. You need to go because God's told you to go, and God's promised if you will go, He will bring forth the fruit. We're going to, we're going to, I meant to give the choir the song that we're going to sing for the missions conference. Yes, it is going to be a rescue center like me, but there's another uh, verses in the Bible about soul winning, about missions. And that means we sow in faith and we'll doubtless come again. And it's a beautiful song. I got the music to it. I think we ought to sing the scriptures. But I want to say this, friend. Jesus said, and when they had this done they, and when they had this done they, and closed a great multitude of fish, and their nets brake. How about that? Folks, they had caught nothing until God told them where to fish. Look at verse 7, Luke 5. And they beckoned unto their partners that were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so they began to sink. They caught so many fish, it was sinking the boat. I've never had that experience. Yeah, I have. I was at uh, Chanahatchee or Sanahatchee or something down there in the Gulf. We were fishing for speckled trout, and we was using real bait called shrimp. Praise God, that was wonderful. I'm allergic to it, but we was going to fish. I weren't. And I mean, we loaded the boat. It was amazing. I mean, we caught so many fish. We couldn't even put them in the cooler. And folks, that's a good day. But the Bible says, hey, at my word, you caught nothing. Here's the principle. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, for he was astonished at all that were with him at the draught of fish which they had taken. Folks, listen. <clears throat> you will catch nothing in the flesh. You can do nothing that will please God. And so, folks, the power in soul winning and the power of being a servant is you let Him serve through you. And you are listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Cast there. Cast there. Hey, go there. Son, uh, Friday night, uh, I got hooked into something I shouldn't have done, but then, praise God, when I found out what happened, I said, that's the perfect will of God. I, I, I got volunteered and shamed. And we was the only church in Whitfield County that wasn't going to have a golf cart and help poor senior citizens get to the get to the door, get to the game. You know, God forbid they didn't get to the game. But anyway, I said, okay, we'll do it. You go ahead, and we'll pay for the cart, pay for the sign. And I, and I said, what we get in return? He says, you get schedules with the gospel on the back of it, and you get your name on that schedule. I said, that sounds good. Had to beg them for the schedules. Finally got all the schedules, and praise God, I'm going to tell you something. Friday night, there was some of our men they got at the doorway and wouldn't let people in the game until they got one of those schedules with the gospel on the back. And I said, I got excited about it. I said, praise God, here's some people going to get slaughtered on their homecoming, 38 to 12, but praise God, they got the gospel. Some of them might be so depressed over the game, they go home and read the gospel and get saved. Praise God for boldness. Praise God, it seems unusual. Praise the Lord. They didn't, they didn't really plan us to do that. They just said just hand a couple of tracks to the people riding the car. 
Well, somebody blocked the door and just started handing out everybody a, a, a track. Praise the Lord. We get kicked out, good. Praise God. We go overbound for God, that's good. Why? Because we ought to cast our net into the sea because, folks, there's fish everywhere. There's people dying and going to hell. If we could reach one fish, they might reach a, bun a bunch of fish. Just the potential in one prospect. I'll close with this. It's the process of the promise, not only the portrayal of the promise, fishermen of men, the power of the promise I will make, but we see the process of the promises you'll become. That's divine enablement. It doesn't happen at once. You just yield day by day. And day by day you look for divine appointments. Keep your eyes open. Amen. My pappy again, he used to not have a shotgun in his truck. He'd have a fishing rod in his truck on the little thing behind it, you know, where the shotgun's at. And all of a sudden, he's driving down the road. He sees a good pond. Let's stop right here. Stop on a bridge. Stop in the middle of the highway. It just looked like a good pond, praise God. We're going to get some fish. I'd rather get to where we're going, but no, he's going to stop and get some fish. Amen. Here we go again. It's going to be here in just a minute. I said, we got to go, Pappy. It's 930 at night. I'm, I, the snakes are all around, the frogs are chirping, and we're going to die out here. <laughs> oh, one more cast, one more cast. He loved it. He loved it. And folks, I want to tell you something. A good soul winner ought to love going where they're at. We become fishers of men. How? By being available. By keeping our eyes open. You have breakfast at your favorite breakfast place, you ought to open up a soul winning station. Don't just witness to the waitresses. They get it all the time. Let somebody come in and invite them to sit at your table. Give them the gospel. Amen? I thought about showing up at Hardee's with all the old men just sit around every Sunday morning. I just don't want to admit I'm an old man to sit around Hardee's. <laughs> Woo! After walking two miles yesterday to a ball game and standing the whole time because the crazy Georgia fans wouldn't sit down. I know I'm not too old for that stuff, amen. But I think I might just start parking at Hardy's on Sunday. Hey, you know the Lord? Praise God. Let's get another biscuit, amen. You know Jesus? Hey, he's, he's, we got to go where people are. And how many thousands of people you pass every day and you never say one thing about God, but you'll talk about the Falcons, you'll talk about the Braves, you'll talk about the Bulldogs, you'll talk about even the Volunteers. Amen, come on. Don't be ashamed of your orange. My, my, my son got humiliated by a bunch of rednecks yesterday. Amen. One of them came up to him, got in his face smiling, said, hey, hey, at least y'all got a basketball team. Just walked off. I said, I'm going to slap you silly. That's my son, amen. But I didn't. I just, I just smiled and said, yeah, y'all do have a basketball team. <laughs> At least he wasn't ashamed of his team. He looked like a hunter in the middle of a bunch of rednecks. But anyway, <laughs> I never thought about that. But anyway, you see something? Y'all different. Y'all should stand out. You ought to stand for your Lord, not your team. You ought to have it on your mind. You ought to be soul conscious. You ought to look for opportunities. You ought to pray for opportunities. You ought to beg God for a fish that's hungry and needs the gospel. That's the only thing that will fulfill them and change them. Last but not least, 
I see not only the promise, the precept of the helper, submissive, separated, a savior to follow, a promise. That's a portrayal of that promise. You've got to be fishers of men. Your power I will make. Process become. It don't happen overnight. Just, just be available. But I see something very, very important. The promptness of the helper. Verse 18. Look back at Mark chapter 1. It says, and straightway they forsook him. Straightway they forsook him. Delay is disobedience. How many souls are going to die and go to hell because you're saying, one day I'll witness. No, today is the day the Lord's made and you ought to witness tomorrow. Will you wake up in the morning and just look for an opportunity? And then here's the price of the helper. In verse 18, it says, and when, they, and when they had gone a little further hence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John the brother who also were in the ship mending their nets. Folks, they left their father. They left their home. Children have to leave their home to go to the mission field. I guarantee you one thing. It was one of the saddest days in my life as a father when, when Amy called and said, we're going these 8,000 miles away and we'll see you about every four years. But then I thought, praise God, that's what, that's what we ought to do is give our children and serve. Give our children as missionaries. And folks, I'm so proud of her. I'm so thankful. Lula Bala was telling me that she cooks for everybody. She's got wise advice for all the ladies. She's just... She was just, he, he was just praising her. And that was making a daddy proud. But I want to tell you something. There's been many a night that we've cried on her birthday at Christmas time. She wrote Lula Ball and said, I'm proud of you, but I'm jealous. Not because I took him to Krispy Kreme, but she said, I'm jealous. Because you're spending time with my daddy. And I'd like to spend time with my daddy. So, folks, it's not easy. But it's worth it. It's worth it. To give up what you've got. To go into the uttermost parts of the world. But, friend, I'm going to tell you something. Why don't you just go across the street tomorrow? Why don't you speak across the gas tomorrow? Why don't you realize that God's put you in the deep? Because this world's messed up. This is a good time to witness, amen? Let people watch CNN or Fox for about 24 hours, and they'll be ready to get saved. <laughs> amen. Praise God. They won't have confidence in any man or anyone or any process. Praise God. Maybe they'll be broken enough to say, hey, listen, I don't think politics is the answer. I think it's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got the gospel. By the way, there's a name mentioned in here that's not a real outgoing person. He never preached a sermon. His name is Andrew, but he reached Peter. And Peter reached thousands. And folks, you might be an Andrew. You might just be a quiet, unassuming person, but I want to tell you something. You could reach a Peter. You could reach a guy that's turned this world upside down. There was a Scottish preacher, and he was about to have a broken heart because he had pastored for one year. And a deacon came up and rebuked him. It's a sad day when a deacon comes up and rebukes a preacher. He said, you preached all year and just one has been saved. A little boy. Just one little boy. He said, just one little boy. 
And let me tell you about that one little boy. That one little boy came to the preacher after the service and said, Preacher, can I talk with you? He said, Sure. He said, Preacher, Pastor, do you think I, if I studied real hard that God could make me a minister like you? And the minister, the old Scottish minister said, Yes, Robert. He, he, will, he will, and I know he will. And little Robert Moffat studied hard, and he became one of the mightiest missionaries in the world has ever known. He went to Africa, and he rolled back the boundaries of geography and brought the gospel of Jesus and brought savage tribesmen under the sway of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came back to England to speak. That one little boy, that one little boy grew up. He came back to England to speak. And there, as he was speaking, set out in the audience was a young medical student. And Robert Moffat said, with tears in his eyes, I've lifted up my eyes and looked into the vast plains, and I've seen on the horizon the smoke of the villages, thousands of them, where the gospel of Jesus Christ has never, ever been heard. Won't somebody go, he cried out, that little boy that grew up to be a preacher. At the close of that service, another young man came and said to Robert Moffat, who was now a veteran missionary, could God use me in Africa? And Moffat said to David Livingston, yes, God could use you. And Dr. David Livingston, perhaps the greatest missionary in the modern era, went and changed Africa for Jesus Christ. One preacher and only a little boy in one year. Folks, you never should forget the potential in every prophet. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message. God has stirred my heart. It's convicted my soul that I need to be more soul conscious and more surrendered, more separated because I'm serving the Savior. And Lord, I've got the gospel. And Lord, help us not to hide it under a bushel but lift the glorious light of the gospel upon men's sin. Lord, cast the net. Sow the seed. Take the bait, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. and Give it to men and ladies and boys and girls that will die and go to hell if they don't get saved. Lord, I thank you that you didn't come to be ministered unto you came to minister and to give your life a ransom for many. Lord, help us to be servants. Not fantastic speakers. Not outstanding soul winners. God, just help us be servants. May we serve the gospel to every human being we encounter. But God, may we be wise and know exactly when and how to serve. And sow your gospel. Lord, help us to become fishers 